Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. With a new series. Yay! <laughs> One that I've been looking forward to since uh, we start talking about what we're going to do um, going up to Lent. And one of my favorite subjects in the kingdom hunger and thirst. Hunger that, you know, we can't control very many things in life, but one thing that we can control is hunger. And we know whether or not, okay, something is missing, I need the Lord, how do I begin to stir up hunger in myself and have it not be something that is desperation? Like, I'm at the end of my rope, God, okay, I really need you now, which sometimes it takes for us to get into the kingdom, which it took for me to get into the kingdom, desperation. I had to be at rock bottom, I had to be, you know, completely in a darkness, homeless, you know what I'm saying, nowhere to stay, and then I'm like, all right. Maybe I'll kind of listen to you, what you've been saying, God, for a long time. I don't know. This, um, it was just this week when I was given that word about your heart having a home and realizing why I love um, ministering to homeless folks so much because I was for a little while. I mean, I was couch surfing, but, I mean, that's homeless. You don't have, really have a place to lay your head. Um, but there's something about us continuing to stir up that hunger in ourselves, what it does is create expectation in an environment and an atmosphere for God to perform miracles. So in this series, which is going to last until Easter, we're going to have some different voices that are speaking into this as well. Um, but the things that we are hungering and thirst for, that they, we continue to see how God has filled that in us and given us so much more than we, we can imagine. Um, so we're going to start with um, Isaiah 55, which is a very long passage. Um, and I'm only going to talk about the first two, but the rest is so good. I'm like, you know, it's just so tasty. So we're going to read all of it. Um, and uh, the first word, I don't know, I mean, it's Santa, ho, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just saying, you know, everyone, listen to this. <laughs> ho, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David, indeed I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation who you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, 
and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth in singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Oh, man, that's good. This comes directly after Isaiah 54 and 17, which is, there is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So what is the weapon that is often formed against us? Come to the waters, you who have no money. Come and buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and price. Why? Oh, why do you spend your money for what is not bread and your wages? For what does not satisfy? A mere chasing after the wind. You see, this is what we are very good at. Expecting things that we continue to pursue to feed us and to satiate us, but they just don't. Anybody who's ever known a drug dealer or been around a drug dealer, the way they make their money is on a comeback. You know what I'm saying? It's not on the one-time customer. It's on those who continue to come looking for the same high that they had that whole time, and it is never able to be filled. This is the basis of all marketing, right? I need something so much, I feel like it just places something in my life, and I'm continuing to try to feel it, and nothing is happening, and it becomes even empty. That It just makes us more and more thirsty. I love to think about the things that we are serving besides Jesus, that anything that we cannot put down for Jesus, we are serving. That thing, whatever it is, and still continuing to thirst. Isaiah 43, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for him. These things that we make us feel good, but it's only for a moment. Jesus, why do we love things without substance so much? And this, I don't want to make it seem like a, a, a religious thing, that there's some rote understanding of what you have to do, but that Jesus is the living water. And because he is the living water, he fills us once, and then we become an overflowing of a river. You know, my kids, um, especially my little kids, the, the way this, this formula goes is the longer you spend on the meal, the less likely they are to eat it. So if you got like, you know what I'm saying, jasmine with a little hint of faux gras and the, you know what I mean? The more descriptive it is, it's like, eh, I'm not really eating that, you know what I'm saying? Chicken and nuggets, it's like that's, that's the hit, or tenders or something like that. It's, it's a way different um, understanding for us. The fancier, the more time that you spend on it is something that's more what they're going to engage with as well. Um, but I think of how God has prepared this meal for us in his son. And because we see it from afar off, and we go, you know what? That's the same faith my parents had. You know, people have been going to churches forever. I know what to expect when I get there, that we don't see it as new and fresh anymore. 
we don't see what God is doing as, as something that's new. But you know what is new? Every time I look at my phone, there's something new on there. There's something that is engaging with me in a new way. But you know, these certain things are old, and that is one of the most dangerous things that can be exploited, that we're always chasing a high, we're always chasing something new. But look, Jesus said, write this down in Revelations 21 and 5. Behold, I make all things new. What does that mean, God? It's the fight between new and old, right? We, we need to be chasing something. We need to have that freshness. And Jesus is like, I, I'm the freshness, freshness. I'm all the newness. I'm all you need. And we're like, I don't know. It's, it's something that is real closer to me that seems a lot newer than you are, Father. Even my relationship with you just seems a little still, you know. It doesn't seem to be moving anywhere, God. Why do things work that way? That we run for what cannot be apprehended. That I had, you know, I have a testimony and in a time I would spend whatever time, whatever energy, whatever money on debauchery without a question. Enemy, you can have it all, you know what I'm saying? If I was in an evil church, I'd be like, I surrender all, you know what I mean? And then, but we sing that in church, but we really mean I surrender some. I mean, you know, God, let's negotiate it, right? I know that at one time I pushed all my chips to the table, but let's like actually talk about how, you know, I need, you know, 30%. I need, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to use my time in that way, Father. I know you're calling me to like um, pray and you're calling me to call that person that I haven't talked to in a long time and show them love. But, you know, I'm not really feeling that. And God, God is like, you know this is not a negotiation, right? <laughs> I want everything from you. And this is when we hunger and thirst and spend our money on things that will not fill. And that is not just talking about money as resources. It's talking about our time. We spend on so many things that won't possibly fill up. Why do we do it? Because it feels new. It feels fresh. It doesn't feel old. But my heart today is really to encourage you that it is always fresh. Behold, I make all things new. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That means that our posture towards him gives us freshness every single day. And it causes us to go, why am I paying money, man? You know how many calories is a relationship with Jesus? zero. <laughs> you know what I get for walking with him? So much. Costs us zero calories, but it will cost us everything. <laughs> we are serving whatever we cannot put down. But I look forward to the day when we can have all that who are thirsty find life in him that as we begin to form our relationship with Jesus that hunger is what makes it new knowing what stirs up hunger in us if fasting makes you grumpy don't fast okay (laughs) 
I'm telling you right now, because it won't be effective. Now, of course, you may have to have a little grumpy season that you go through before you get to the real good stuff. But at first, it's like, ugh, I'm giving up this, I'm giving up this, I'm giving up that. But what it does in me is it does stir up an expectation and a hunger for God and what he is doing. And that's one thing Jesus saw consistently in Scripture. Those who were hungry did get fed. In John 4, this is a story of Jesus coming to Samaria to a well at high noon. And a well at high noon is not where you want to be in this time because the sun is at its highest peak. It's scorching. You don't want to be drawing water out there. So this woman obviously is coming there sort of hidden from society, coming at a different time. The women would come in the morning. Not only did the women come in the morning, but if you were Jewish, you avoided Samaria as far as possible. You would go up to 40 miles out of the way to avoid the city because you thought they were mixed race and lesser than you. Jews and Gentiles had no dealings, and that affected the way Jews um, related to folks in Samaria. So Jesus comes to this woman which you don't even really talk to women, especially as a rabbi, as a teacher in this time. So he comes to the city he's not supposed to be. At the time, he's not supposed to be there to talk to someone he is not supposed to talk to and gives her such a great gift. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then a woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Talking about himself in the third person. Like, this is, this is pretty offensive. <laughs> if you knew the gift, <laughs> if you say that to somebody, it's like, Dude, who do you think you are? The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Dang. He comes to this well, and she was so ready for the past to repeat itself that she couldn't embrace the future that was right in front of her, Jesus. You know, my fathers, Jacob, they had this well. They fed so many herds and flocks, and he's like, I am the living water in front of you. That The expectation that we are going to be filled. This is how I know I'm getting old. If you've been to my house, you know what I'm saying? Our garage is away from the house. I will leave the car, go into the house, and go, dang, man, I left something in the car. Then I go back to the car, and it's in my pocket. (laughs) I'm like, "Ah, I think I'm getting old so much. This feels similar to us looking and being thirsty for things. We're, going, we're looking far and wide. If only I could just get a sip of this, it would be amazing, it would be wonderful, 
and it's just on us the whole time. The thing about a well is it's dug in one place. You can go to it, and you can experience it, and you know that it's going to be there. Whole cities were built because there was a well there. How you can get water, how you can get sustenance, you can feed your animals, you can water your plants. Life would gather around those. That is the old way of doing things, right? You go to a location, and you find life. You go to one church, and you find life. You go to a priest, and you find life. But you know what happens now? If you drink from Jesus, you become the fountain, springing up into life. Therefore, it is not a place. It is a person. That is you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is seated inside of you and pours up into a fountain where life finds its way all around us. I don't know, God, but I'm in a desert. It just feels like a desert. But you're a fountain. It feels like a desert. I'm in a desert. But you are a fountain who God loves so much. And if we imagine ourselves this living water of the Spirit of God that is poured inside of us and pours out into everything that happens. This is a picture replica-ish of the Holy Grail. Has anybody ever seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, this is a, a, a legacy, a story of this cup that Jesus drank from in the Last Supper. Also, it was a cup that caught his blood when he was on the cross, passed down from generation to generation to have all these hopefully healing properties. You drink from it and you would live forever. So in this movie, the Nazis are really set on finding this cup. Indiana Jones, you know, they're racing through the temple, all these booby traps. If you haven't seen the movie, you should see it. It's pretty cool. Steven Spielberg. And he's, he's rushing through all these booby traps to find this cup, and the, he gets there the same time as the Nazi, right? And they have all these cups, and they're all gaudy and beautiful and jewels all on them. And this is the plainest looking cup among them. So the Jewish the, um, Nazi takes the, the, uh, the jewel cup and puts water in it and drinks it, and he dies. Because his heart is not pure enough to find the simple plain cup. He's looking for the sexy new looking one as opposed to the one that really has life. That we are so many times walking around looking for the specific object that will bring us into what we need. But Jesus blew all that up by making you the object and him the subject. That everything that pours from us is this fountain. So imagine walking around a desert with a cup. I don't have anything to drink. I don't have anything to drink. And Jesus says, it's the fountain that is in you. We are such a fountain pouring out life and healing and his grace that cannot be contained. That when his spirit is poured into us, 
it becomes more than a container. In this last verse is Jesus speaking at the Feast of Tabernacles a number of days, and this last day is what you really want people to remember. You know, this is the end of the sermon, your third point. We really wanted to hit home. And on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Wow, it's gone from being a fountain now to being a river that flows from our hearts. So blessed to know that you are not a container, but you are a current. You are not a dam, but you are a director. You're not a reservoir, but a river. You're not a swamp, but a stream. You're not a holding vessel, but a Holy Spirit vehicle that as his goodness flows out of you, so it affects every environment that we go into. That we don't have to avoid darkness or we don't have to avoid places that feel dry um, because the life is streaming from us. It's such a beautiful idea. Does anybody know what this is? I know you didn't expect to see that today. Yeah, come on, yeah. <laughs> see, you know, I just needed something to bring it all together, you know what I mean? <laughs> the Care Bears, all right? And the Care Bears were always battling Professor Coldheart, who all he wanted to do was to make people uncaring. And when someone was uncaring and they were like, you know, they would just lock their arms together and they'd do this Care Bear stare, and then people would just warm up and they would just become this loving, lovely person <laughs> because of the Care Bears. That's what this is like. <laughs> that is what, out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your heart. Not a simple thing that wherever we put our, our energy, our faith into trusting the Lord, although we may be thirsty, we have the energy, the ability to change the situation at one moment. And I promise Hunger and thirst is not something we should be afraid of. That though we may be dry, though we may be hungry, though we may be thirsty, it is the living water that changes and transforms us. So in the midst of this fast that we're doing, um, whenever the opportunity comes to be grumpy or to be like, man, I'm not doing this anymore. This is, this is horrible. Know that it is stirring up in us Rivers of living water that pours out wherever we go. You guys want to stand up? I think it was a reason that the living water is from our hearts and not from our heads. And that is a place where we give love and receive love. Put your hand on your heart. I mean, your hand in the river. Father, I just thank you that you love us 
so well. Pour out your goodness upon us, God. I thank you that wherever we go that may be dry, where it needs encouragement, when we need encouragement, that we would just put our hands on our heart and, and feel the flow of your spirit that flows from us, God. I thank you for every person here who you've made to be such a beautiful reflection of your heart. And as such, may your love follow them always. I thank you for Sunday, that it not, it's not is everything that we need, but that you are everything that we need. And I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name.